0: Solo mode is the solo mode, and you're all alone in the solo mode, and you miss your group, or you had some kids, but you bought some games, why did you buy those games? It's the solo mode, it's the solo mode, and you're all alone in the solo mode, and your group is gone, or you had some kids, but you bought those games, why did you buy those games? (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Hello, and welcome back to Game Brain Solo Mode. This is not Tom... Donnelly's regular podcast about Matthew Robinson's gaming group. No, this is Game Brain Solo Mode. This is the occasional episode where I take you through one solo mode or solo only game, as is the case today, and give you my brief but concise and well-executed, hopefully, thoughts on a specific solo board game in 30 minutes or less we'll do our best with that. Today we are going to be reviewing Nemo's War, possibly my favorite genre of solo mode games, games that are only solo games. Yes, technically there's a cooperative mode here that was added in like the last third edition Kickstarter or something, but this is a solo game. This means this is a board game you buy to play alone, by yourself, only unless you've Got the cooperative mode, but I'll never play it. I don't know about it. I don't recommend it. This is a solo game. This is a game that was designed to be played solo. Let's talk about it. Let me give you the stats on this one. It's called Nemo's War. Um, One of the strangest sequels to the Pixar movie Finding Nemo you'll ever find. I mean, Nemo's he is conscripted into a violent, bloody war. Uh, That is not what it is about. It is, of course, about the famous Jules Verne novel, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, designed by Chris Taylor. The artist, a young up-and-comer, I wish him well, Ian O'Toole. Hope he makes a name for himself one of these days. Uh, Victory Point Games is the publisher here. Now, if I had recorded this about a week ago, I would have some sad news for you that this is a game that uh, is produced by a company that went under. doesn't exist anymore. Good luck finding it. But they have announced last week that they are alive and well and with plans to uh keep going and reprinting some of their classic titles nemo's war being one of those so um if you cannot find a copy right now you will soon eventually we're just happy that this company did not go belly up completely and finally because they make a lot of awesome games especially war games um is nemo's war a war game kinda it kinda is I would say more war game than not war game, but let us talk about what it is. This is uh, is a game, the box says it plays 60 to 120 minutes. Um, I think it's closer to 120 minutes. I've never finished a game in 60 minutes. It usually takes me a couple hours. Uh, I also, admittedly, have never just sat down and played a game from beginning to end. I leave it on my table, Um, I'll play for 30 minutes, I'll do some work, I'll come back at lunch, I'll play for 30 more minutes. I usually, it takes me like three or four sessions of that, usually for about, you know, 30 minute sessions, so two hours or so. The weight says a 303, that's about right. Um, it's a little bit heavy, but not wildly so. Um, but it definitely uh, plays like nothing I have played before, so it took me a minute to grok it. Let us talk about how it plays. Okay, well, first of all, if you've never read 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, um, you will not enjoy this as much as someone who has or seen the movie. Um, I would recommend you read the book. It is an enjoyable book. It is some sort of strange fever dream of Elon Musk, I think, if I'm guessing correctly on the theme. Uh, it, it, I had never read it before. And I always, one of my favorite things to do is just get immersed in a world I don't know anything about, and if I've got the board game and there's a book involved, I get super excited. I'm going to read the book. I'm going to play the game. I'm going to be in this world. I'm going to get totally into it. That's one of my favorite things to do. That's part of the reason I love gaming, uh, is that it takes me to worlds I've never experienced before, histories I've never read, books I've never read. Uh, So I read 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, uh, while playing this game. I had never read it before. If you would like to read it, there are many translations. If you are English and don't speak French natively, uh, F. P. Walter is my, um, translation of choice. I'm a translation snob. I am always, I find it very important to do some research before I read any book not written in English and make sure I'm reading the best translation possible. My research led me to that one, if that's what you want to find. But, but it is, uh, a, a book you can find for free in most places Because it is past uh, The copyright laws um, It was written a long time ago uh, But it is the story of A psychopath Billionaire with a giant submarine And he kidnaps Some people And those people are the people who tell you the story And they go on some crazy underwater adventures um, And I won't spoil the ending But um, I enjoyed it And uh, it's definitely episodic and um, reads like a collection of cool short stories. The the, the further adventures of the kidnapped crew of uh, the Nautilus, which is Nemo's crazy high-tech submarine. Um, but yeah... You know, if you're going to play the game, at least like read a quick synopsis or something. The rulebook gives you a little synopsis, but you know, you you have these characters in the game. You got Professor Aranax and Ned Land and all these people. And if you don't know who they are, there is a connection you will be missing while playing the game because this is a highly thematic game. This is a really great combination nay dare i say the best combination i have seen in solo games so far of of theme and and strategy coming together this is a real game so it's not just story it's not just experiential um but there is a lot of story here so what does it feel like to play nemo's war by the way i am playing the the most recent edition, it was redone. The boxes changed shape. They had a Kickstarter for a while. I believe it's the second edition. So Nemo's War second edition is what I'll be talking about today. I think there are some changes. I also have the handful of expansions that are available for it. Uh, there were three. One is called... They're little small packs. They almost look like... Um, I don't know, like card packs. Uh, Nemo's War Bold and Caring. Nemo's War Dramatis Personae and Nemo's War Nautilus Upgrades. These are like five, 10 bucks each, probably 10 bucks each. Um, I think the base game cost me about 60 or so, so it's an investment. Um, is it worth it? Let's get into that. So, this game, if you have ever played any video game that has that just one more turn vibe, uh, Civilization being sort of the prime example of that, that turns are quick and you you promise yourself you're just gonna you're gonna go to bed, you're gonna turn it off, This game has that in a way that I've never experienced in a board game and feels the closest to a video game. Each turn is is pretty quick, you draw a card You read a story, captures the book well in this episodic feel of, oh, now we are, you know, uh, fighting um, an underwater creature, and now we have discovered a sunken ship, and now we have, you know, now there's a storm, and now, and all these different things. So it's very episodic. Each card's a little story, and some of them are sort of D&D-style skill checks. So you're going to be rolling some dice. There's a lot of dice rolling in this game. Um... If you're not a fan of dice rolling, uh, listen on, because you may be in this case, because it's not necessarily the dice-chucking rando fest that you might think it is on first blush. Um, So you're drawing cards, you're taking fast turns, and it really has that feel of like, oh, I just want to see what the next turn's going to do, and I want to see what the next turn's going to do. The main thing in this game is completing Nemo's motive. At the beginning of the game, if you just buy the base game, you have four motives available to you. These are things that uh, basically make the game a completely different game these are the scoring parameters the things the game is going to care about and every game is going to play differently depending on the motive you choose in the base game you've got explore anti-imperialism science and war you put this on the board it covers up this box where the scoring takes place and it literally literally modifies each possible thing you can get points for in the game so in a war game sinking ships you get plus two points for every warship you sink or i think any ship you sink but in the science, you get plus zero. So just by looking at the way that victory points are uh, rewarded, or and sometimes there's even negatives, like doing things uh, in adventure, uh, you get minus one. Oh, geez, I don't have the board in front of me, but I think that's for sinking warships as well, something like that. Um, so some things are rewarded. Some things are, are, are uh, negatives if you do them. Um, it makes each game totally different. One of the expansions comes with two more uh, adventure and humanist, Um, So there are a total of six, and and honestly, it's like having six different games, because depending on the motive that you choose, Nemo's motive, the things he cares about, um, that is going to drastically change the game you are playing, your strategy, the things you're going for, the things that matter. Um, So in the game, you're looking at this big board of all the oceans of the world, and you're moving the Nautilus around, which is Nemo's sociopathic billionaire underwater submarine that murders innocent people traveling um and you are well trying to get points you are trying to you're looking at that motive you're going all right what scores me points a lot of things you can do in this game you can explore for underwater treasure you can attack ships you can feel morally corrupt as you sink transport ships or passenger ships or freight ships that aren't doing anything to you it's I mean it, it's in the book too. He's he's a he's a nut job. He's not he not a good guy. Yes, at the end there's a little bit of explanation of why he's such a jerk is a nice word for him. He's, he's a psychopath. Like literally it's like if Elon Musk became some sort of Bond supervillain. I mean, you may already think he is a Bond supervillain, but um he I feel like most Bond supervillains are based on Nemo. Uh, as just this crazy murderous billionaire who has a very warped worldview and um, is based his whole life on some form of revenge about things that he feels wronged about. Anyway, you are going around and you're either sinking ships. Sometimes there's warships. The more ships you sink, the worse ships get added to this this cup of ships. So a lot of the game is drawing tiles from a cup, a container. I have a little cloth bag. I throw them in. And at the beginning of the game, most of the things in there are just nice ships just passenger ships the they have sweet names and a flag that tells you what country they're from so you know a lot of frigates uh you've got ships that are just carrying mail it tells you what the ships are doing and you get a certain amount of notoriety for sinking those ships so the more notoriety you get the more bad ships you are told to throw into the to the case to the bucket to the cup whatever you've got it in a bucket would be odd um you're drawing from that. Your notoriety is getting worse as your notoriety gets worse. More uh, warships are added to the bag that you're drawing from. That makes uh, that are harder to fight. That can actually start hurting you. But the crux of the game are the three. I'm going to call them gambling tracks. This is this is very much a press your luck game um, with a lot of uh, luck mitigation. So it's not just a total rando dice chucking gambling game like i said earlier um the three areas that you can gamble in and i mean literally gamble in are the hull of your ship you can gamble with the hull of the ship you can gamble with your crew or you could gambo you can gamble you can gamble with nemo himself and mostly that means nemo's state of mind you can sort of gamble with his uh mental state um and every time you do a roll, every time you are rolling dice, which is constantly in this game, there's constant skill checks, there's constant checks to see if you hit, checks to see if you miss, checks to see if ships hit you, every time you roll the die, you can gamble one of those three things. You can gamble your hull. Thematically, it's great. You're, you're putting the prow of your ship in danger in order to block an attack, or your crew. You're forcing your crew to put themselves into precarious situations or exhaust themselves, or you're gambling Nemo's mental state. You're making him have to, you know, really think hard and put himself out there. And if he fails at this, it will it will hurt him uh, psychologically and make him uh, more dangerous or crazier. Funny enough, the crazier Nemo gets, the better his gambling stat is. So when you gamble one of these, you are literally taking this little half circle and sliding it onto the next spot and it shows you a uh, a die modifier. So, for example, at the beginning of the game, if I gamble my crew, I get a plus three to any die that I roll. But if I fail that die, my crew stat goes down one. For the first few times you gamble your crew, they still stay at plus three, but by the end of the game, it can get all the way down to plus one. Nemo's the only one that gets better the more that you lose, but Nemo's also the shortest track. It's probably worth pointing out, if any of these tracks get to the end of the line, you instantly lose the game. There are a handful of instant lose-the-game situations. If your notoriety gets to a certain level, you lose the game. It changes depending on what motive you choose, because obviously if you're going to war, your notoriety needs to be able to get a lot higher than if you're doing science or adventure or things like that. Um... So this gambling element is really big and a huge part of the game and an exciting part of the game because you you have these interesting choices to make of I need that plus 3 modifier but if I fail, you know, I I really could damage my crew and it's hard to get crew back, you know, it takes big actions in order to heal your crew. Another interesting thing is the action economy of this game. So each game, uh, sorry, each round, you're going to be rolling dice at the beginning of the round. I mean, I cannot overstate the amount of dice you're rolling in this game. So if you if you just love the tactile feeling of rolling a die, like, man, you are you are all over this one. Um, you are rolling dice constantly. So at the beginning of the round, you roll a die. And this is a really cool mechanism that I have not seen very often or ever, really the amount of actions you get is the differential between two dice. So if you roll a six and a one, you get five actions. If you roll a two and a three, you get one. If you roll two of the same numbers, you get what's called a lull turn. And if you did not bank any actions from previous turns, you can bank uh, up to one action each turn, I believe. um, You have no actions that round, and you have wasted a round, uh, and there are only a few things you can do. But in a lull round, the actions that cost two uh, two action points now only cost one. So if you were smart and banked an action, maybe you can bank more than one in the moment, I'm forgetting. Um, if you banked an action, you now can do these super actions at half cost. Um, and some of these super actions are like healing, healing your crew, things like that. Things that really are um, quite expensive and costly in a normal round, but in a low round, You can do them low round, also adds more treasures. It sort of reseeds the board a little bit. In addition to rolling those dice and seeing how many action points you get, it's also deciding what oceans new ships appear in. That's when you're sticking your hand into the bag or if you have some sort of a giant bucket. I don't know why you have that, that, but you're digging your hand in there. You're pulling out ships. You're placing them in the numbered oceans of the dice you drew. As the game goes on, it's broken into acts. Act 1, Act 2, Act 3, Act 4, Finale, things like that. Every time you get to an new act, well, not every time. A couple, a couple times in the game, you're adding more dice. So now you're rolling three, four dice. If your notoriety gets high enough, uh, it can add another die. Um, but the the downside is that you're adding more ships. But the the upswing, the upside of that is you can pick the dice that you're you're taking the differential from. So obviously, the more dice you roll, the more chances you're going to be able to pick two of those dice and have a better differential between them. So that's that's the basic feel of the game at the end uh you 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 have to survive the finale which there are a handful of finale cards that are randomly chosen one finale card is randomly chosen each game they're very different they're going to reward or or uh punish certain things that you have done throughout the game um and then you're going to tally up your score which is a very long and arduous and complicated thing that uh takes a calculator and a piece of paper usually they give you these like victory point tracking tokens but it, it, there's a lot of different things that you can score points in, and then you really have to do all this math and each one's plus three or minus two or the th- th- it's fine just know what the, the end of the game is basically going to uh just become you and a piece of paper doing some math um, and seeing how you did and then depending on how you did you then open up this lovely epilogues book and depending on your score you read what happened to you and each epilogue is different depending on the motive that you choose and there's a nice little story but it's it's a beat your own score kind of thing but there's so much experience here that um it doesn't just feel like a soulless score beating like you you really feel like you were on this adventure and your motive very much affects the experience that you have um so let's talk a little bit about what it feels like to play this game like i said it really has that strong, I just want to have one more turn kind of thing, and the theme is so huge, and the art is so gorgeous. Ian O'Toole nailed it. This is one of my favorite designs of his in terms of his graphic design and his artwork. It's You really feel like you have this awesome, old-timey map in front of you, and you're moving the Nautilus around, and you're, you're betting your different resources, and you're attacking ships, and you're taking damage, and all the ship tokens are really cool, and tactile wise it's it's just a phenomenal experience and you're pulling all these chits out of out of cups and uh, it's just a great beautiful work of art this this game and the cards are even great quality it's the production value is a 10 straight up straight up 10 on this game um the art 10 beautiful um it has that one more try one more card for you stop playing for the day kind of feel, or maybe if you've got more time available to you, you can just, you know, crank out a two to three hour game in one sitting. Um, that's rare for me. So but I'm lucky enough to have an office where I can leave games on the table. Uh but yeah, that's something to consider. If you don't have a table where you can leave a game, this is this is a two to three hour game for term, setting it up and playing it and scoring and everything at the end. Um the gambling element is really fun, really interesting decisions. It's a here's a funny thing. The first few times you play this game you're like, this is easy. I can do anything I want. And then you lose for many games after that because there's this crazy sense of overconfidence that you get at the beginning of this game because you, it's very sandboxy. You can do whatever you want. Okay, you just look at the thing. What do I score points for? Um, let's say I'm doing science. Well, I score points for upgrading my Nautilus. There's lots of upgrades that you can sort of tech tree out your your, your your submarine and give it torpedoes or extra hull or superpowers or super speed. So now it moves through two oceans for one action, yada, yada. You get points for things like that. So you're literally just going like, all right, what do I, what do I need to do to get points in this game? And for the first you know, 20, 30 cards or so, it feels pretty easy. And then the ship fills up. Um, it has a pandemic feel to it, which for me would usually be a strong negative, um, but it's, it's, well, it's well done in this in this game, and it doesn't bother me too much, but there is definitely a, oh no, the S is hitting the fan, uh, things are getting worse and worse, um, problems are exploding, now I can't place it here, so that places more ships here, and there, there is a very strong pandemic, the virus is spreading, and the virus in this game being sort of warships that are after you, um, and it's getting worse and worse as the game going on, but... You quickly realize after you've played three or four games of this, that that relaxing time at the beginning of the game where you don't feel the pressure and you're just la-di-da, how do I get some points? You should feel that same pressure and that point that you feel at the end of the game. Because if you are not treating that beginning of the game as seriously as the end of the game, you are going to lose. This is a hard game to win. This is a very hard game to do very well at. And it is, a, it is a hard game just to do well at. You will lose this a lot until you understand the pacing of this. You need to be very careful with all of your actions. Each one is precious. There's so many, only so many things you can do. When you attack ships, you choose if it's a stock action, S-T-A-L-K, or a bold action. If it's a stock action, um, you can decide not to fight it once you pull it out of the cup. Uh, you also get a plus one to your modifier, but that's the end of your action. A bold action... You can attack as many ships as you want at your location for one action, but you're going to gain a notoriety every time, and you have to fight it if it, when you pull it, and you do not get a plus one. And at the beginning of the game, you're like, oh, I'm just going to slowly go around and stalk everything and guarantee wins, but you can't waste those actions. You need to be taking out two or three or four ships with one action, and your notoriety is going to pay for it, and you have to figure out how to get that notoriety down Um it's uh, by the way, the way you get it down is by inciting um, local problems that the governments have to deal with. So they're so busy dealing with those local problems and uprisings and civil wars that they don't have time to put resources into taking out you know psychopathic Elon Musk and his submarine causing trouble in the Arctic. Uh, so so you the game is deceptively sandboxy. And an open feeling at the beginning, and by the end of the game, you really, by the end of a couple games, you really realize that it is not as sandboxy as it feels, and you, you sort of have to, you really have to be dealing with your problems. You have to play this weird sort of meta game where you're, you're manipulating the game, you're manipulating the way the game places ships so that you can create a couple garbage zones that you avoid. Garbage zones being. Entire oceans that you will decide to never be in again and just fill with dangerous nightmare ships that you never want to fight. And you will learn ways to sort of manipulate the AI and the way the game works in order to do that. that once you realize how to win this game, it does a little bit sour the thematic feel of it because you 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 are just gaming the system and you do there is you you really you have to deal with the ships you cannot allow the ships to pile up because there there there's an instant lose uh condition there's lots of instant lose conditions in this game but one of them is nowhere to place any more ships and they fill up and that's how you'll probably lose the first few games um I've not found that I've had too many losses, um, by my ship blowing up or Nemo going insane or my, you know, my crew all dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the most part, it's the, the oceans filled up. I didn't manipulate the game enough to place the worst ships where I wanted them. Um, and, uh, it just sort of like, you know, virus exploded in pandemic kind of a thing. Um, so what's interesting is I, I think, hmm, how do I say this? I kind of like the game less with every play. That sounds that sounds bad. Um, I still really enjoy it, but the more I play it, I'm not necessarily one of those players that really gets a lot of satisfaction from conquering a system. I get it more from continued exploration. And the more I play, the less exploration there is, and the more I realize that really not that you're railroaded because each motive really does change up the way that the game plays Um, but that you you have to sort of break the fourth wall of you know Nemo and this experience and this episodic feel and, and really just sort of manipulate the AI to a certain extent which for some people that that's that's an incredible experience and And I will say that it took me probably 10 games to get to that point in Nemo's War, and I feel like I'm pretty good at it now. I can win, um, or at least have a pretty good result. Uh, There is some luck involved in having a great result. Um, But with with skill, you can can pretty much always have a good result. Um, Not all motives are created equal. Some are harder than others. I still struggle with with the ones where you have to kill a lot of ships because notoriety is tough um, and you have to roll dice to lower your notoriety and if you don't roll well, well, you could be in trouble. Um, uh, so yeah, the, the more I play it, the more I kind of feel like um, I start seeing the gears behind the game a little bit too much and it takes me out of the experience. The experience is so strong though that it takes a while to get there. I still recommend this as almost like if if you're a solo only gamer this game needs to be in your collection this is a must-have solo game in the sense that there are very few solo games that are this rich that are designed only as solo games that marry theme and strategy and mechanism so well um even though i can sort of see the gears behind it which i you know, is is potentially a problem with every solo game. At a certain point, you're gonna really just sort of see you don't you don't have another player across the table from you. At some point, you're gonna have you're gonna have a bead on the AI, you know. And then it's uh you know the the, the harder it's gonna get is really just gonna be about cranking up the randomness, um, and uh, trying to mitigate as much randomness as you can in order to win. So, you know, in in essence, Nemo's War is is uh, will show you the limits of solo gaming in a certain way, but also the uh, it has a lot of the highs of solo gaming. The, I cannot stress strongly enough the theme. I mean, it, just read the book, start playing the game. It's an awesome experience just combining those two things. The game itself is such a joy to have in front of you on the table. Uh, the components are beautiful, but not just the beauty of the components, but the functionality of them, the way all the pieces work. It's very satisfying. Um it it it's a fantastic experience. So while it's while I really do have to say that the more I play it, the less excited I am to play it. I mean, I got ten really great plays out of this. So uh it's you know, for money for time, everybody's a subjective, but for me that's a pretty good bargain. Um I will still play it. I'm excited to keep playing it. Um but yeah, it's uh, once you've sort of beaten all of the uh, motives, it, it is just a go back and beat your score kind of thing. Um, so I, uh, I, I promise I will give number ratings on these. I'm going to give Nemo's War Second Edition. Oh, it's so close between 8.5 and 9.0. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a 9.0. I'm gonna give it a 9.0. I am. I'm just gonna. I think 9.0 is the right score for this. Um, I think you will get enough plays out of it. And there are people also who really enjoy tearing into the gears behind the scenes on a board game. And this game will, will, will give you that. Um, it, will, it will not disappoint you. And if people who just want to roll dice and have an amazing experience, you're going you're gonna to love this one. Um, that's Nemo's War 2nd Edition. Those are my thoughts on it. Um, I uh, Stepping back a little bit, I've been buying a lot of solo games lately, as I want to do. Uh, when I, I, you would think when you have two children, two children that your board game purchasing would drop down, but I think mine's gone the opposite direction. The, The less I can play, the more I seem to hoard, um, which, uh, I imagine is a relatable thing, but I've been very interested in solo only games, games that, uh, that play best with one I've picked up a, I've picked up Navajo Wars recently. I picked up the, uh, the new edition of the Peloponnesian Wars. So you, you find that you, you start getting more into solo game. I mean, sorry, war games. Uh, as war games often play really well alone, even if they solo, even if they are meant for two. Um, I picked up uh, Volko Runke's new game Nevsky, which is a two-player only game, but you can just play both sides and have a great time. And I've been enjoying that as well. So, um, in the future you might be getting some more wargamey kind of uh, solo as it seems like that's where my tastes are going a little bit But on the other hand, um, Chip Theory Games was kind enough to give us a copy of Cloudspire. I'm dying to try out the solo mode in that um, Too Many Bones is one of my favorite solo games of all time I need to do a review on that at some point Tainted Grail is still on the table, it needs a solo review just saying I've got a lot of solo games on my table I'm going to do my best to crank through these as quick as I can to get them out to you guys because it's a great time to uh, be a solo gamer Um, that'll do it for this week we are just under 30 minutes I'm happy about that Nemo's War 2nd edition was the review I will try to be back in the next two weeks with another brief solo review for you Tom Donnelly is out this week not feeling well this will probably be the only up you get this week but we will be back strong next week thank you so much for listening i am matthew robinson this has been game brain solo mode and i'm out solo mode is the solo mode you all alone in solo mode you miss your group or you had some kids but you bought some games why did you buy those games it's the solo mode it's the solo mode and you're all alone in the solo mode and your group is gone or you had some kids but you bought those games why did you buy those games (laughs) sorry